0: Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. As we start off today, I'm going to begin a new series for the month of January. And if you can stay with me for the next few weeks, it'll be really great. It'll build into your life. And I want to start reading two passages from the book of Genesis this morning, where we get a revelation of what God is like and what we're like. In Genesis chapter one and verse one, in these first five words of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Important words, because people don't believe that God created the heavens and the earth. But we get to know right in the beginning what God's like. He creates things. Are you with me? And it talks about the animals later in chapter 1 that he created. And then it talks about him creating men and women, people. And uh, we get to see God's creation unfolding. And then in Genesis chapter 5, there's kind of a, a little bit of a summary. And it says, when God created mankind, there's that word again, he made them in the likeness of God. In other words, like God, we've been made like God. That's why there's such a nobility in people, unlike animals. And it says he created them male and female and blessed them. Now I know we've blurred the lines between gender in our world, but God did something interesting. He created, and he created man, and the reason he made them male and female so that they could create people. Purpose of creating people wasn't orgasm or pleasure. That was a byproduct. The purpose was multiplication. We've turned it into something else. We've got sidetracked by the benefits instead of the purpose. But here's the point. God created us so that we could be creative. You are meant not to be a person who just passively lives and uses up the earth. You're meant to create something in the earth. You're meant to create a home, create a world. You're meant to go into your job and create something. You're not meant to just use up the resources of the world and take as much as you can get. You're meant to add to it and create because you're made in His image. In fact, when you're not creating, you're not living like God intended. But before you can create anything in the world around you that's tangible, you first have to create your inner world. Everything starts with your thinking. If your thinking's not right, what you create won't be right. Isn't that true? So in our world, wrong thinking has created all sorts of isms and ideologies that have plunged our world into destruction and darkness. All started with thought thought and wrong thinking. So thinking is very important. And they say today we're living in an age of distraction where we can no longer concentrate. And we, we, we rely on Google for our memory. You know, when I was growing up, you had to remember everything. You had to study and memorize and remember. And one day when you were at work, you, you'd have to find an encyclopedia if you wanted to find something. Today we don't even, I don't have to remember, that. I'll just Google it. So we don't use our brains. And notice what it says. In the book of Philippians chapter three, Paul's speaking, and this is a good verse for the new year. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting, that's to do with the mind, what lies behind, even if it was good, and straining forward to what lies ahead. God's got more for you. He says, I keep pursuing the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. God's calling us forward. Therefore, those of us who are mature should think this way. God's got a certain way for you to think. A mature way of thinking, and if you think differently about anything, I love this. God will show you how to think. I want to speak to you this morning on the important topic, and I've entitled it "Create a New Year Through New Thinking." Create a new year through new thinking. Your year is not a mystery. Your year will become the product of your thinking. Sound thinking. Sound here. Successful thinking, successful here. Positive thinking, positive here. Happy thinking, happy here. Negative thinking, negative here. Your here will turn out how you think. So it's up to you to create sound thinking. In a book called The Thinking Life How to Thrive in an Age of Distraction, PM Forney quotes a person the name of Norman Cousins. He's a very well-known author in America. And Norman Cousins says this about America. He says, we in America have everything we need except the most important thing of all, time to think and the habit of thought. We no longer think. We think we're thinking, but most people are living on emotion and not thinking things through. And we need to be people who think. In another very well-known author's book called The Shallows, Nicholas Carr, is the author, has written some very, very good books. He says this about thinking. He says, over the past few years, the last few years, let me say that again, over the last few years, I've had an uncomfortable sense that someone or something has been tinkering with my brain, remapping the neural circuitry, reprogramming the memory. My mind isn't going, so far as I can tell, but it's changing. I'm not thinking the way I used to think. I feel it most strongly when I'm reading. I used to find it easy to immerse myself in a book or a lengthy article. Now my concentration starts to drift after a page or two. I get fidgety, lose the thread, begin looking for something else to do. I feel like I'm always dragging my wayward brain back to the text. The deep reading that used to come naturally has become a struggle. Then he says this, some worry they're becoming chronic scatterbrains. I believe in our world we don't think enough. We think we're thinking, But a lot of the time, we're living by emotion or impulse. And you know, thinking has to be sound thinking. Not every thought that comes into your head is of God or good. If you look at bridge building, when they build bridges, they build them with looks in mind. But the main thing of building a bridge is the engineering has to be sound. Certain forces and principles and laws of weight distribution and so on and so forth, concrete density, all that has to come into play, not just the looks, but what we're doing in our world is we're adopting anything that's unsound, as long as it looks and feels good, and it's time to get back to sound thinking, and sound thinking only comes from God, no one in the world can create sound thinking, because no one in the world has truth, except God, are you with me, do you know that God destroyed the earth because of unsound thinking, The Bible says in the book of Genesis that every thought and every inclination of man's heart was evil. That's why God destroyed the world. So if thinking or wrong thinking can destroy the earth, how many of you know sound thinking can create a new world and a better world and a good inner world in your life? Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Not as he dresses up and says the right stuff. And as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And Romans chapter 12 encourages us here. It says, don't live any longer the way the world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Not just adjusted, completely changed. Then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. Do you know a lot of people are saved? They're on their way to heaven because they believe in Jesus, but they've got faulty thinking so their lives don't turn out correctly. God saves you but you change your thinking. And many are saved because God has saved them, but many are not thinking correctly. So let me give you a number of things this morning that we can do to create a new year through new thinking. Are you ready? Number one, the first thing is this. Think about thinking. Let's think about thinking. I know we all think we think, but we don't. Let's think about it. Everything starts with a thought. Everything you can see in this world started with a thought. Every creation, every invention, every idea, every action started with a thought. Money starts with thinking. Happiness starts with thinking. Unhappiness starts with a thought. I don't like them. So you, do you know, some people, they expect the government or other people to make them happy. No, no, you are the manufacturer of your own happiness. And too many are looking for a partner to make them happy. Then they get married to that one and they make them unhappy too. <laughs> no, no, we need to think about thinking. Money uh, sorry, thinking creates wars, it creates stress. Did you know that thinking increases your heart rate? Oh, I'm running out of money. Do, 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 do. No, God is my provider. Do, do, do. Just a thought, so you're in control of your happiness, your future, your success, your income, not someone else. In this new year, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna think? Let's think that we should think of it, shouldn't we? Every deed that you commit comes from a thought, and this is what people have got the cheek to say. I don't know why I did that. No, no, we know. You either weren't thinking, or you were thinking incorrectly. Things don't just come from nowhere. They come from a thought. Erwin Litzer, the Christian author, said this. He said, every temptation comes to us via our thoughts. Every time you commit a sin, you thought about it first. Then you took action. James tells us that. He says, first it's conceived in a thought, and then it gives birth to something, and that leads to death. So it doesn't just come from nowhere. Leslie Flynn, who's a pastor and author and ministers to people in in, in ministry, he said, every kidnapping was once a thought. Every extramarital affair was first a fantasy. Don't get involved with someone at work. is I don't know what happened. You know, it was just the devil got in. No, 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 the devil didn't get in. The devil lives up here. You, 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 you glance twice. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Or you smelt after shave. I hope you don't mind me asking, but And then when we end up in deep trouble, ah, the devil got in, you know, there's a curse on my family. No, 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 no. Got to think about thinking. Am I making sense? Some of us, we don't think, we respond emotionally. I believe the biggest problems in our world is because we're living by emotion and not thinking. Animals live by impulse and instinct. They smell something, they want something, they just do it. But human beings are meant to be rational. We're meant to process everything through a filter of truth. Men make a decision, how we spend our money, how we relate. It's all meant to be processed, but we don't think. We allow others to shape our thinking for us. The news, the newspapers, politicians, they lead us on a merry dance. But we need to make a decision as to how we're going to think. So let's think about thinking. Can you say Amen. amen? so easy to make a decision and then afterwards you regret it and then, then you want us to, to help you. No, pastor, I got married when I was young, you know, I don't know, now I found the one I really love, you know. I hear it, I've heard it for the last 36 years. Then you want us to omnipotence the divorce and omnipotence the new marriage, all because you didn't think. Can I just read a verse? Because the Bible is my guide here. Don't get cross with me today. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> Numbers chapter 30, the Lord speaking about marriage. He says, suppose a woman, she gets married after she makes a special promise, or she gets married after agreeing to, see, to do something without thinking it through. Oh, shame. No, suppose her husband hears about what she did, and he doesn't say anything to her about it. Then she must keep her promise. She must do What she agreed to do. Listen to me, you're either preparing or repairing. And the best way to prepare is by thinking. Otherwise you'll be constantly repairing what you didn't think about. So let's think about thinking this morning. Number two, thoughts create our destinations. If if you're wondering about where you will be in the future, your thinking will take you there. Thinking takes you to a destination, a destiny, if you like. You are today where your thoughts have taken you. If you're successful, your thinking took you there. If you're unsuccessful, it's not because of where you were born or what your circumstances are. It's your thinking or lack of thinking. If you're in debt today, the devil didn't do it. You thought you could spend more than you earned and it would be okay. Clearly you thought wrong. Like 75% of South Africans who spend their money within the first six days of the month. Yeah? Most people's thinking is faulty. That's why we need to connect to God so that He can help us think correctly. Are you with me? If you're depressed today, you didn't have a chemical imbalance, you began to think yourself down into a pit. That's why David constantly tells his thoughts and talks to himself to talk himself out. You, you get to a destination. Through your thinking. If you're in a prison today, it's because of your thinking. If you're in a dead-end job today, it's not because someone trapped you there and they've got you prisoner. You believe that's all you can do. You believe you're stuck. That's why you've never made a change. It all boils down to your thinking. Am I making sense this morning? Margaret Thatcher said this. She said, watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. But I like this, watch your character for it becomes your destination. Where you want to end up all traces back to how you think. You will never get somewhere unless you first start thinking about getting there. Now thinking is absolutely essential. Dale Carnegie wrote a book that's become very famous. 15 million copies of it have been sold. How to Win Friends and Influence People. But he was once interviewed on the radio about this book, which is, uh, I think it's number 18 on the Time Top 100 list of influential books. He was asked on the radio some time back when he was alive, what is the biggest lesson that you've ever learned in life? He quickly responded. He said, by, by far the most vital lesson I have ever learned is the importance of what we think. If I knew what you think, I would know what you are. Our thoughts make us what we are. Our mental attitude is the X factor that determines our fate. People don't just end up somewhere out of luck. They thought their way there. They believed they could. They believed God could. So thinking is absolutely essential. You know, Martin Luther King wrote an autobiography and uh, spoke a lot about his life, spoke about his growing up years, how he used to travel on the bus and how the buses were segregated. And he spoke about how even when no white people were on the buses, they weren't allowed to sit in those seats. I mean, what a, what a dastardly thing. And he said they would get on the bus as a schoolboy He'd travel to the other side of town and he would stand at the back of the bus and he'd look at those empty seats and he said, one day I knew my body would be in those seats. He'd work and fight and, 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 and have the cause to believe that, that equality could come. And he, and, and he said, and I eventually ended up there. And in his autobiography, he makes this statement. He says, one of these days, I'm going to put my body up there where my mind is. Do you know what? Your body always ends up where your mind is. See, laws can be passed, but if your mind has not been renewed, those laws don't help you. Because it's an inside job. Are you with me? We, we we get onto what's called trains of thought. Have you heard that saying? And people get onto the wrong train of thought, and this is what the problem is: they don't get off. You got to get on the right trains because the right trains of thought take you to the right destinations. Thoughts create destinations. Number three this morning: thinking affects the outcome and satisfaction of everything. How you enjoy everything in life and how it turns out for you is not dependent on circumstances, but your thinking. Are you with me? I've just written a book, Success Despite Circumstances, because I don't believe circumstances determine your success, your thinking does. So let me ask you about your job. Is your job a grind? Do you hate it? Or do you go there feeling like you can be productive and you're making a difference? It's not whether the job's good or not, it's how you think about it. I've met pastors who tell me the ministry is terrible. Oh, brother, it's so hard. Pray for me. The devil comes after those in the front. Oh boy, it's like, amen, God bless you. Because I think it's the most wonderful calling where you get to influence people, where you get to shape lives, where you get to be a messenger on behalf of God. And with every job comes tough times especially. The higher you go, the more responsibility. But it's how you think about it. How do you think about your marriage? Oh, I'm in prison, brother. First engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering? (laughs) Or do you believe it's a companion that you've got for life? Who you feel comfortable with? Who trusts you, who knows you? I don't know how people get divorced and remarried. I don't know how they do it. Because the thought of starting all over with someone. Even things like going to the bathroom, it's like. (laughs) (laughs) When you're married, your partner's so used to you. Your smells and everything. <laughs> it's how you think. And I tell you, your 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 satisfaction is determined by how you think. Some of you are trying to find the ideal person and the ideal job. It's not gonna happen. The ideal church. How do you think about church? Oh, it's vitally necessary and integral part of my life. Well, oh, the crowds. It's, once every three weeks is all I can take. How do you view the Bible? You know, I look, there's some stuff in there that's really good, but most of it, come on. <laughs> or do you believe God's truth? Man, sometimes difficult to swallow, but God's right. And Jesus confirmed a lot of the Bible. And you know, when someone rises from the dead, you better believe what they say. <laughs> it's how you think about it. It's all in your thinking. Your satisfaction is determined by your thinking. How do you think about business? Ah, it's doggy dog out there, eh? People rip you off. Or do you see it as an incredible system that provides opportunity for anyone who's willing to give goods and services? Talk to a lot of people, ah, yeah, work for these big companies, you know, don't pay you wages. Your salary is not their responsibility, it's yours. They don't pay me enough. Well, increase your value. Don't tweet or Instagram. I'm just the messenger. (laughs) Am I making sense this morning? You see, our thinking determines our destination, it determines our satisfaction. How do you think about your life? Do you see it as God's responsibility, the government's responsibility, and no one looks after me and no one cares about me? Or do you see it as your responsibility to shape? It's all determined by your thinking. If you're unhappy today, it's no one's fault except yourself. Number four, before it gets too painful. Get into the habit of thinking. Get into the habit of thinking. Make time to think. Find a chair and do some thinking. Don't keep looking at your screen. We hide behind our screens. Go to a doctor's waiting room. There's everybody looking at screens. They've got all those old magazines. We don't read them anymore because we're on our phones. Albert Einstein, a brilliant mind, said this, thinking is hard work. That's why so few do it. <laughs> you have to stop thinking strategically, church. And remember, not every thought that pops into your head is of God or is good. You've got to take time to process, not just go onto the internet or allow people to shape your thinking, like the media. Some people's minds are like concrete, thoroughly mixed, permanently set. (laughs) That's my point of view. I've always thought that. Well, good luck to you because the world's changing. We need truth, not popular thinking. And you've got to get into thinking, and you've got to get into the habit of thinking. Jesus often asked his disciples, what do you think? He questioned them. He knew what they were thinking, Bible tells us. But he wanted them to think things through instead of going on the internet and having it think for you. Number five, get around people who stretch your thinking. Too many of us mix with people who think the same as us. But you've got to go to conferences, you've got to get around leaders, you've got to get around people that are further ahead in your field. You've got to read books, church. That's why we write them. And can I say this? People have got a mental block about reading. Oh, I'd love to read, but it takes so long. My book can be read in three and a quarter hours. And the average New Testament book can be read in 15 minutes. It's a mental, see, it's how you think that determines whether you're going to elevate your thinking. But you've got to get around people that are ahead of you, who will stretch your thinking. Am I making sense? And don't get around people who think along one track only. They think only politically, or only secularly, or only negatively, or only positively and not realistically. There's a lot of thinking that's needed. David Swartz wrote a book called The Magic of Thinking Big. And he says this, he says, all of us, more than we'd recognize, are products of the thinking around us. And much of this thinking is little, not big. Remember the main job of the leader is thinking, and the best preparation for leadership is thinking. Where success is concerned, people aren't measured in inches or pounds or college degrees or family background. They are measured by the size of their thinking. I love this. If you want to be the best, hang around with the best. You mix with the same kind of people, your thinking will stay down at a certain level. And even though God wants to renew your thinking, you'll be stuck there. Number six, are you still good? Get around people with kingdom thinking. See, not just thinkers, because you're not just looking for the brightest minds, you want people who think kingdom. Not secular, not natural, not purely political, but kingdom thinkers. You've got a frame of reference that comes from God. And too many people have got a prejudiced way of thinking. You've gotta get around people who think kingdom. Because, can, can, you just, can I just say this for a moment, just pause with me here. Did you know that most of your thinking on a daily basis is being shaped by television and the news? So if you're getting secular, political, negative thinking about certain people in the world and certain ideas, the news thrives on negativity. And they will take a negative thing and milk it until it's, until it's dead. And if you keep absorbing that, you never think kingdom. I don't know how anyone can be happy after watching the news. You don't know, watch the news and switch. South Africa's filled with potential. Wow. This year, the lights are going to be on. The petrol is going to be cheap. We're going to have a great year. Wow. Municipalities are going to be functioning amazingly. And we're going to have an election that's just going to take us to a whole nother level. No, 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 come on. But people feed themselves this, and they don't think kingdom. When you think kingdom, there's another world altogether that's parallel to this one that we're citizens of. (laughs) Jesus put it like this, and Paul, speaking in, in Ephesians, unpacks this kingdom, and he says this. He says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, people away from God, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance, interesting word, that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. He calls them ignorant, but they could be highly educated because education does not determine thinking. You can have several degrees, but you still think a certain way. That's why you need to be educated from the word. Are you with me? Because it's not knowledge, it's futile thinking. People have futile thinking, negative thinking, there's hopelessness, we come from nothing, we just evolved, you never know why are we here, you might as well just enjoy us, life. and people end up in incredible depression, and then we think we can buy some tablets, and we can fix our thinking. Can I, can I just say this, this is very important, don't get cross with me. I was on drugs when I was a young person. Drugs don't fix anything, they only accentuate what you already are. So you're very freaked out and you're paranoid. You smoke some dope. Now you're hyper-paranoid, eh? <laughs> what was that? Who was that? I remember one night I took LSD from Amsterdam. No, we took much of it. it was in, we, used to send, we used to send marijuana cakes over. Happy birthday to my brother-in-law and he'd send Amsterdam LSD. It was the purest form of LSD. I tripped for eight hours. I saw stuff on my curtains. Animals, people. No, listen. You think tablets can fix thinking that's unsound. It only accentuates. The root is to get to kingdom thinking. God is good. He's on my side. He cares for me. God's made promises. However, that's not only kingdom thinking. World is a tough place where there's loss and tragedy. But God is still good. You see, kingdom thinking is a lot broader than narrow thinking. Narrow thinking says, it can't be a God, why doesn't he? That's futile thinking. Kingdom thinking understands from the beginning of Genesis. It understands through revelation. And it understands our place in the middle. It's perspective. You've got to get some kingdom thinking. You see, what happens when we grow up is, is is we end up walking the same paths? How many of you ever walk paths along a mountain? I was growing up, we'd walk on certain paths. Do you know when you walk a path, you know what happens to you? You don't use your brain; you just follow the path. Sometimes when you're walking on a path, you're walking, you think, hey, "Hang on a minute, it goes there. I Can just swim across over here." But because there's a path and it's regular use, it stops you thinking. So what happens in our brains, pathways are created from young, through the news, through the media, through the newspapers, through certain kind of thinking. And at the time, it might be true or even good, but we don't think anymore. We just keep following. So when people say certain things, we just keep following them. Why can't certain South Africans change? Why are they still racist? Oh, we need more laws and more fines. No, no, they're following the same path. They can't get out of it. The Bible says if you think more highly of yourself, that's what racism is. You're stuck in a path. We can find you, we can lock you up, but your path up here has got to change. So we need kingdom thinking, not just be saved, we need kingdom thinking, and we can create a new world. That's why you need to get around people who think kingdom. There's a good Chinese proverb here. It says, a single conversation with a wise man He's better than 10 years of study. You get around the right person, the lights go on. Number seven, are you all still good? Let the word shape your thinking. See, a lot of people don't let the word shape their thinking. They think the word is only there for Jesus and salvation. No, no, it's there for the whole of life. Romans chapter 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the... Renewing of your mind. So not conforming, but transforming and renewing. Are you with me? Another word for renewing would be the word renovation. How many you know what renovation means? It means to take something that is old and make it renewed, right? Uh, renovation or renewing is not recreating from scratch. It's transforming. Now, when you renovate, notice this. When you renovate, you know what you first have to do? You have to deconstruct. You have to remove all the old plaster, all the old tiles, all the old ceiling. It all has to be broken down before you can put new plaster, new boards, new windows in. So we come to church and we're stuck on one path. And the word comes, no, no, I don't agree with that. Because it's trying to break down we're very happy for God to give us the blessing. Oh, you're the head not to tell. I receive that, I mean, It's the year of 112 I receive that. You're an idiot and you need to change your thinking. <laughs> Brother, that's, there's no grace there. <laughs> Do you know what's happening? Churches that only preach grace are highly popular because that's what people want to hear. They don't want their thinking changed. They want to continue in their path and be condoned. God says now, deconstruct first. Then I reconstruct. (laughs) David Schwartz, in The Magic of Thinking Big, he said this, the mind is what the mind is fed. That's why you gotta be careful what movies you watch. I watched Netflix while I was on holiday. I am alarmed at how people behave. I've lost touch with reality. People who are not married to each other meet each other and have a chat. And then there's that moment and then their heads tilt. One this way and the other that way. And then their lips lock and they wash each other all over the nose and the chin. And then they tear their clothes off. And you think to yourself, you're married. You're in trouble. You're in a position to do anything. How can you get involved with this person? You're bringing them into your messy world. And what are they, what's going to happen when they go hurt? No one thinks. God's got to deconstruct that stuff out of us, hey? And we often use Isaiah as an excuse. Say, Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are high. You see, we can't think like God. Now, he tells us in Corinthians that we can have the mind of Christ, but you've got to deconstruct. Come on. Before you can reconstruct. So we've got to let the word shape our thinking. Number eight. Is this helping Anyone? Get away from people with negative thinking. Do you notice I didn't say uh, stay away? I said get away. It's a strong word, get. Because if you stay with negative people, you know what they do? They pull you down. Thinking affects your mood. It affects your soul. No, no, you you need to associate with those who can lift you. The psalmist warns us the results of being with negative people. I want to read you from Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Can, can, can I just pause there? Some of you are trying to keep in step with the wicked. Now, when you're out of sync with the wicked, it's okay. That's where you should be. It should be hard to walk with unregenerate people. I'm trying to reach them for Jesus, trying to love them with the love of God. Man, it's hard. You shouldn't be, like, comfortable. So how's it, eh? No, there shouldn't be a comfort about it. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? But the danger is, is when you walk, watch. If you try and walk in step with the wicked, watch. You end up standing in the way of sinners. They've gone from being wicked to being habitually wicked. Now it says, or sit in the company of mockers. So they've gone from being wicked to being sinners to being mockers. And you walked, now you sit, stand, now you sit. No, no, you've got to get away you got to love everyone and respect everyone, but don't make friends with everyone. Uh-uh. 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 <laughs> Notice what it says. It says, you, yeah, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree, planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. You need to understand something very important this morning. It's thinking that separates people, not race, not money. Often Americans come here and they say, Pastor Andre, we're astounded at the multicultural nature of your church. How did you do it? I say, we've just got one way of thinking. And those who think kingdom, they're happier. Those who think politically, they find a church that's very political. Those who think racist, they find a church that's only white people. But those who think kingdom and who think a certain way, a certain culture, they come here. And it happens to be every race. And can I say this? Be careful that people don't try and pull you back into that thinking. Oh, you go to that church where the white guy preaches. Now go to that church where there's certain thinking. So thinking separates people. Let me remind you of this. It separates the rich from the poor. Oh no, the rich have got more money. No, no, the rich think differently to the poor. The successful from the unsuccessful. Oh yeah, but some people have had a break. No, no, you will be successful even in a small way if you think correctly. And you'll be unsuccessful even if you're given money and a handout and a gap if you don't think correctly. Number three, the happy from the miserable. Yeah, and I'd also be happy if I lived in a house like yours. No, no, you wouldn't be. I've seen people live in mansions where they've got 10 cars. And when you meet them, how are you? Uh-huh. And then you meet someone that's living in a house, they can't even afford to paint it. In the, in the yard, there's a car, it's got no wheels. How are you? Now God is good. Life is wonderful. You see, it's thinking. And those are the kind of people you need to be around. It separates the victim from the victor. Those who are always being badly done by or those who overcome even big things. The powerful from the powerless. Yeah, I'd also be powerful if I had that social standing and no, no, it's how you think about yourself. A poor person who carries themselves with confidence in God is better than someone that has all the money and all the influence who lacks confidence because they don't know who they are, don't know where they're going. Am I making sense today? The wise from the foolish It's all about thinking. And you cannot be friends with people who are negative thinkers. Are you with me? Number nine, are you still good? We're nearly done. Train yourself to learn to think. It takes training to learn to think a certain way. Adolf Hitler made a very important statement, and and I've quoted it on purpose. He said this, and we know what he did to our world. He said, what luck for rulers that men do not think. Just leave that up there for a while so we can think about that. You see, people who run and, 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 and chase after this hope of these ideologies, they all think they're thinking. But what he's saying is, no, you don't think. You let us think for you. And because we speak well, he was a brilliant orator, that's what sways us. And we think we're thinking. <laughs> I'm getting you to think. It's the goal of the message. So you've got to be careful that you're not swept along by a herd mentality, but everything you do, you think about, because we're not meant to be emotional, we're meant to be rational. Isn't that true? And there's a negative bias in us. Marcus Aurelius, the great Roman, said this, he said, the most important things in life are the thoughts you choose to think. And they tell me that the average person, this is what studies have shown, the average person thinks 200 negative thoughts a day. When you're depressed, you think 600 negative thoughts a day. So you've got to train yourself to think correctly. And this is what I found when I talked to Christians. Oh, you're into that positive thinking stuff, eh? That's very new age, Pastor Andre. How many of you heard that? Oh, you go to one of those churches. So what do they want us to be, negative thinkers? He's a sports psychologist. He trains golfers. Written a very good book on it. Bob Ratella. He says this. He says, I tell people, if you don't want to get into positive thinking, that's okay. Just eliminate all the negative thoughts from your mind, and whatever's left will be fine. <laughs> How many of you, it's ridiculous to not want to think positively? We need to be realistic, but we need to be positive. We need to believe God is on our side. We need to see things from God's perspective. And we've got to be very careful that we don't just resort to medication to try and fix thinking. We need to train our minds to think. I read a very good book called Learned Optimism by Professor Martin Seligman. And he says that depression does not come from a chemical imbalance or from childhood trauma. And he cites a lot of studies by various people and uh, I don't have time to mention them today. But there's a, there's a thing called cognitive therapy where you train your mind to think differently and you recover. Anyway, he says this. He says, depression is nothing more than its symptoms. It is caused by conscious negative thoughts. There's no deep underlying disorder to be rooted out. No unresolved childhood conflicts. Not our unconscious anger, and not even our brain chemistry. Emotion comes directly from what we think. Think, I'm in danger, and you feel anxiety. Isn't that true? Uh, How many of you have ever woken up during the night and you hear a noise and suddenly you, they're by the lounge window. I'm sure they're in the lounge. And your whole body, and you become like a lion. On, You open the door, maybe you pick up a broom or something, you go in the lounge. There's no one there. It was all in your thinking. Trying to help you understand this here. He goes on to say this. He says, Think, I'm being trespassed against. You feel anger. Think loss, and you feel sadness. Depression results from lifelong habits of conscious thought. If we change these habits of thought, we will cure depression. See, now you say, Well, that's very good. That's his opinion. No, the Bible confirms it. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such. Things, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen me put into practice, I love this, and the God of peace will be with you. You wanna get out of negativity, get out of the pit and have a peaceful life. Think about what God says and everything changes. Number 10, we're nearly done and I'm gonna pray with you in a moment. A successful year is created by successful thinking. Your year is not a mystery. It will be the result of your thinking. Everything is to do with thinking. So you, are, have, you have the power, with God's grace, to shape the year ahead by your thinking. The choice is up to you. But you know what sometimes we need? We need the slate wiped clean so we can start again. I want to pray with you in a moment, but I want to tell you this story, and this will make sense to you. Have you been helped this morning? I read the story of this 30-year-old woman in the States. She was married with two children, 30 years old, you should be very happy and kind of at the prime of life. You've got through the awkward teens into your 20s. You're kind of positioned to strengthen your career. But she'd been brought up with with, with parents who didn't build her up and were negative and critical of her. So she had a very poor self-esteem. Very, very uh, 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 low self-image. She felt badly about herself. She was shy, lacked confidence, married with children, but didn't do well in her job. Really just life was not good because of the way she felt about herself, because of her thinking. Well, she's on her way home one day, and a car goes through a traffic light and slams into her. She's rendered unconscious and taken to hospital, and she spends several weeks unconscious, When she wakes up in the hospital and the nurse comes and talks to her, or the doctor comes and talks to her, they find that she's got total amnesia. Can't remember a thing, her name, her husband, her children, her job, nothing. It's like it's completely gone. Well, weeks go by and she doesn't regain her memory. So she starts to read medical books because she's got nothing else to do about her condition. She starts to become an expert in her condition. So much so that she knows so much that doctors consult with her and ask her advice. She's called to speak to other patients. She's even invited to a medical conference to give a lecture on amnesia. Because of the prominence, the respect, the care, the seeking out, the esteem, the applause, her whole life changes and she becomes a completely different, confident person who's successful in life. You know, when I read that story, I realized there's a exact picture of salvation. God wipes the slate clean so that you can have a new start, so that you can know he thinks the world of you, and you get rid of old thinking. You know, if you think about salvation, the Bible says, repent, and you'll be forgiven. You know what repent means? Change your mind, change your thinking. You don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus, ah, it's a lot of rubbish, it's just for the money. No, change your mind. He's the savior of the world. There's no one like him. And if I don't have him, I'm not saved. When you change your thinking, your destiny changes. You see, everything starts or finishes with thinking. And your thinking takes you somewhere. Where are you today? We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.